You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this edition of our RSAC 365 podcast series. Thank you for tuning in. As we heard in our November podcast with members of our program committee, privacy is becoming a prevalent topic across all sectors of the cybersecurity industry. Today, we'll be talking about a new report published by the Rise of Privacy Tech, hearing more about the findings in their white paper defining the privacy tech landscape and the mission of the organization as a whole. I'm your host, Casey Zirkus, content strategist with RSA Conference, and I'm lucky to be joined today by Lourdes Terecha, founder and chief privacy tech strategist at the Rise of Privacy Tech. Before we get started, I want to let you know that here at RSAC, we host podcasts twice a month, which I'm sure you already know, and I encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review us on your preferred podcast app so you can be notified when new tracks are posted. And now I'd like to ask Lourdes to take a moment to introduce herself before we dive into today's topic. Lourdes? Thank you so much for having me on the RSA 365 podcast today, Casey. It's always a pleasure for me to participate in RSA events. May it be RSA Conference USA last year or this year where we explored the rise of privacy tech and its intersection with the cybersecurity space or the RSA webcast. I, I recall that we had one last year on the importance of privacy teams uh, just towards the beginning of the pandemic when companies were forced to accelerate their digital transformation and remote work strategy. So thank you for this platform. I'm really grateful for you uh, having me join you today. And hello to the RSA community members who are listening. I'm Lourdes Terecha. I'm the founder of the Rice of Privacy Tech. I've been a Silicon Valley cybersecurity and privacy strategist, advisor, and lawyer in previous lives. I've counseled more than 100 tech startups, companies, and multinational corporations on their privacy and security obligations. So we're talking not just compliance and product design, but also incident and breach response, which included some of the biggest ransomware attacks like WannaCry and NotPetya. So just before founding the Rise of Privacy Tech, or TROPE as we like to abbreviate, I helped build the privacy function at the leading cybersecurity company, Palo Alto Networks, where my team and I built privacy into cybersecurity products. And today I work mostly with privacy tech companies in the emerging privacy tech landscape. Thanks again, Casey, for having me today. Of course. And that's super cool background, and we're very excited to have you here. And maybe just tell us a little bit more to start us off about the mission of the rise of privacy tech, what it is, and what your goals are. Yeah, absolutely. The rise of privacy tech is the only privacy tech community today. Our mission is to fuel privacy tech and innovation And we do this by bringing together privacy tech founders, investors, and domain experts who serve as advisors to some of these emerging privacy tech startups. And the goal of us bringing these key players together is to bridge the existing technical capital and expertise gaps in in the emerging privacy tech space. I noticed in my former work life, you know, that there were more and more privacy tech founders, investors calling and and asking to pick my brain on certain things about, about products, on privacy strategy, and it just wasn't scalable. And 
during that time, I was going through this journey of figuring out what I wanted to do next in my privacy and cybersecurity career. And I was, was really a little bit sick of most of my clients asking, hey, can we get away with this under current privacy law or under current mm-hmm. cybersecurity law? And I thought, hmm, that's not, that's not how I want to operate. I don't think that really moves the needle when it comes to privacy or security. And so I thought, why don't I focus my attention and, and pay attention to the emerging privacy tech space, which, which is adjacent to cybersecurity. Cybersecurity has, you know, exploded the last 10, 15 years. Privacy tech is just uh, 10 to 15 years behind. Um, and we're just trying, we just had our first couple of, of unicorns in this space, whereas the cybersecurity industry has, has had multiple, countless of them, and, and some of them even public companies today. Um, so our goal really is to make sure that this emerging privacy tech space uh, takes off and, and that it becomes as prolific and as, as widespread as the emerging privacy tech or cybersecurity landscape. Which, you know, I'm hopeful that that is happening, especially when I look at, you know, as I mentioned, we did a podcast last month with two members of our program committee from the privacy track. And one interesting trend that stands out to me and why I really wanted to do this podcast with you as a follow-up is the way that privacy has really become an integral part of the conversation across so many of the tracks at RSA conference, whether it's identity or anti-fraud or law, even, you know, the work that you do with DevSecOps and product development. So many submissions had a privacy angle to them. And I'm wondering, you know, does that surprise you? Why now? That's a really great observation. And my short answer is no, I'm not surprised at all. There's a host of reasons for that. First is, Privacy is about people, specifically information privacy is concerned with individual power and control over their personal information. And so I can't think of any company that doesn't process personal information. May, may it be of their customers, their customers' customers, their prospects, their own employees, their partners, their contractors, and so on. So for that reason, you know, privacy is pervasive. And although most companies ignored privacy for decades, my second reason for not being surprised is that we've built up decades' worth of privacy technical debt that we were bound to pay back. This mounting privacy technical debt is partly what gave rise to the emerging privacy tech space. It's the reason why many founders, engineers who had had to work with, with legal counsel, privacy counsel, with audit, with GRC functions on privacy and security obligations, they really have had to say, hey, these are serious privacy technical problems and we need solutions to them. And there just weren't solutions in the market, but because of things like global data protection laws and the developing customer demand for privacy solutions, we're seeing, I'm not surprised at all that, that you're seeing this trend with privacy being so pervasive, uh, not just in RSA, but, but within organizations and, and in the media and, and even at the highest level, you know, in, in government. Um, and even in big tech, we see companies like Apple, for instance, really lean into privacy and use privacy as a competitive differentiator. The third reason why I'm not surprised is that privacy is so cross-functional. So it's not just about, about the GRC folks or the privacy uh, and audit and compliance people. It's also about the engineers and the developers and sometimes the business folks because 
uh, another trend in addition to, you know, the legal, the laws all over the world that are being passed or the developers wanting more products. Uh, we're also seeing business people try to quantify the value of privacy and putting, try to put privacy and the value of personal data on, on the balance sheet. So privacy is so cross-functional. Uh, privacy is about people. It's pervasive. And we've just had decades where the privacy technical debt that it was bound to, um, you know, this answer the question of, of why now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also wonder, too, you know, is it that privacy is something that business-minded folks who aren't, you know, technical can understand, right? Like, you know, there's been so many conversations about how to talk to your board about cybersecurity and get the budget you need. And, and privacy sort of is a foot in the door to that, right? Because it's a conversation that people can understand. It relates to them, you know, like to your point that, you know, there's a lot of personal data that's been collected and we've been building this big debt. And so it's sort of that, that foot in the door to get people to understand. Oh, that's such a, a great observation, and it really ties to one of the RSA themes that we had. Was it last year or this year? It's, there's a human element to it, right? Not just in security, but in mm-hmm. privacy, because privacy is about people and their power and control over their personal information. There really is that part of it that makes it relatable to everyone. So amazing observation, and we, we are seeing that same trend at the board level when it comes to conversations about companies and their privacy brands and, and what they're going to do about their position and privacy. And speaking of, you know, making things relatable, I, I really appreciated the white paper. And I want to talk about that for a minute. Um, you know, the title again is The Rise of Privacy Tech, Defining the Privacy Tech Landscape. And it was just recently published, was it last month, I think? Um, so can you talk yeah. a little bit about it, what a collection of group members that participated and contributed to this paper. I would love it if you could give us a little bit of, you know, a glimpse into the backstory, a little bit about the group members, the process of working together to write the paper, maybe how long did it take, some of the key findings that are important for non-privacy professionals to be picking up on here. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for bringing it up. One of the projects that we have been prioritizing at the Rise of Privacy Tech is the white paper you mentioned, which is the Defining the Privacy Tech Landscape white paper, which is the foundational white paper on the privacy tech landscape. And the reason why we wanted to push this out is because we've had so many conversations, countless, with investors, with founders, with customer buyers, where we just weren't speaking the same language. We were talking past each other. And this goes back to the cross-functional nature of privacy, right? Like lawyers and engineers and audit people and business people speak different languages. And so we thought it would be really good for the industry to help fuel the privacy tech industry to sit down and say, what do you mean by privacy tech? And what are the different categories that we're seeing? So we, we did that. We defined privacy tech which are technological solutions to privacy problems. We introduced the trope privacy tech stack, which are the categories that we're seeing today in the privacy tech space. And we talked to some of the user buyers and some founders and some experts, domain experts in privacy. And these are the folks that really made up the working group that worked on this white paper. So we have privacy engineering leaders like Nishant Bajaria, who leads uh, privacy engineering at Uber, but has worked at countless of other Silicon Valley 
tech companies on privacy engineering and Michelle Kennedy, who I know is a big RSA uh, supporter and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know speaker in the past, who has been CPO at you know big cybersecurity companies like like Cisco and Sun and Intel. And then, you know, we have Deborah Farber, who also similarly comes from the privacy space, is an expert. So we have um, founders, like uh, Ethica founders, like uh, Killian Kieran and, and Caroline McCaffrey. So we really had people who were thinking about privacy tech, because there, there are a host of privacy professionals, and more, most of them, I would say 90% of them, are really focused on what's developing coming out of Europe or coming out of D.C. when it comes to the laws, and that's important work, but we also need more experts paying attention to the tech side of privacy, and we pick those people who are in the forefront of the privacy tech space, and we work with those uh, folks, and it was, uh, I think it was between April and October, so the working group met between that time, at least monthly, sometimes twice a month. Um, it was very collaborative, and we published last month in November, we published our findings from the work that we did between April and October. So one thing that I also found really interesting and timely about the white paper is that each month we try to have a focus theme for our editorial content, and December's theme is identity. And, you know, I received and read the white paper, and sure enough, it draws comparisons between privacy and adjacent industries. There are many conclusions that you draw about privacy and identity management. So I would love it if you could give some insight to our listeners into those behind-the-scenes conversations that went on specific to identity management. Was there discord, and how did the group members eventually find consensus? So one of the things that we really wanted to be mindful of is to not just define and categorize privacy tech, but to also position it amongst, you know, in relation to its primary adjacent industries. And so one of the debates that we had was, what about these security solutions or these identity management solutions? Are they privacy tech? And we really wanted to be mindful and say, hey, there are solutions that are intersecting that intersect both privacy and privacy tech and identity management or privacy and cybersecurity. But we want to honor that these industries existed and are even further ahead than, than privacy tech and, and borrowed from, from identity management when it came to the sections that talked about identity management. So we talked about how some of the solutions overlap with privacy tech because these solutions overlapping identity management privacy text fall for problems relating to individual control over their identity, uh, some of the accuracy of personal information relating to their identity, um, secure access tied to identity-based personal information. And so there are, we are seeing those solutions in this space. That said, there are a host of other identity management solutions that have nothing to do with privacy or were not, you know, built with privacy in mind or predate the emerging privacy tech industry. And so, you know, the white paper talks about the intersection of privacy tech and identity management solutions, as you mentioned. It's what you label as identity management for privacy. And I'm going to quote from the paper here, privacy is a growing component of identity management programs, and incorporating privacy into these programs is becoming strategic for organizations who want to protect both their users and their companies. 
privacy goals can be achieved through identity management by verifying user identities with authentication solutions and through awareness and education. These tools are used throughout the data lifecycle. So my goal as part of this conversation is to make this paper more than informative. I want some actionable advice for our listeners. So I'm hoping that you can offer some actionable steps that our listeners can take toward that end of achieving privacy goals through identity management. Thank you for that. That's such an amazing goal. Thank you for prompting me <laughs> to answer this question. <laughs> I think it's really important that identity management teams who may not sit within privacy or legal or compliance that may be their own function under the CISO's organization or the CIO or CTO's organization, I think it's really important that they work closely with not just privacy teams, but security teams and legal teams to make sure that privacy is designed into their identity management programs. Privacy is so cross-functional. It affects not just security, not just legal, also affects HR, and it's equally true for identity management, regardless of where it sits within an organization. So some of the things that they could do is obviously go figure out who owns the privacy function in your organization and work closely with them. That's one of the first things that I do when I work within an organization is I look to see, you know, who are who are my biggest allies, right? So I work, I look to see, I, I introduce myself to the CISO, to the CIO's organization, to the CTO's organization, and want to make sure that my privacy goals are aligned with theirs. And I think similarly, identity management program uh, professionals can do the same thing because there are goals that they share with, with the privacy function. Um, so, so that's probably the first step is do that. The second one is, when they're picking their identity management solutions, I think it would be very important for them to not just look at what the identity management functionality, but also how they built privacy into those solutions. You know, I would ask questions about privacy by design and engineering and what their position on that is. Uh, companies that have mature uh, positions in privacy by design and engineering will usually have a, a data sheet on that or a white paper explaining how they built their product, in this case, their identity management products and solutions with privacy in mind, and, and that would be my second um, step that I would recommend identity management professionals would, would do if they wanted to to uh, further privacy when it comes to their identity management program. So one is more internal and, and is more of a an organizational uh, process type of recommendation, and the other one is a vendor type of recommendation when they're picking their identity management solutions. Excellent. So break down silos and validate your vendors, right? Yeah. <laughs> Check that supply chain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for exactly. sure. Right. So let's pull back the lens a little bit because we've definitely covered the intersection of privacy tech and identity management industries. Can you talk a little bit about the intersection of cybersecurity and privacy tech? Oh, this is one of my favorite conversations. And full disclosure, we did talk about this in length at RSA last year. Uh, but since working on the white paper, we have matured our position in this and, and our, our thoughts on this. Privacy and cybersecurity are perhaps the closest overlapping industries, but they're not one and the same. You know, both cybersecurity and privacy tech products protect personal information. But as we know, cybersecurity goes beyond protecting personal information and extends more broadly to protecting systems, networks, devices, infrastructure, 
in their entirety and other types of data, not just personal information, could be your trade secrets, your crown jewels, um, and other types of information that is important to an organization. Conversely, privacy also goes beyond just protecting or securing information. It also solves for or asks other types of questions and inquiries beyond security. It's privacy is involved with transparency, so how much disclosure you give to individuals about your processing of their data. It also asks questions about data minimization, how you make sure that you're processing them the least amount of information necessary for your purpose. And it bears noting, I mean, I, I come from the cybersecurity industry, it bears noting that cybersecurity tools are not privacy-preserving by default. And on the contrary, if they're not designed and engineered with privacy in mind, some of these tools often raise privacy issues like surveillance and over-collection of personal information. Which is so important. You know, I, I am one of those minds of I'm not a technical background, but these are the, to your point, the human element things are the things that I can wrap my head around. You know, and, and I understand that there's a counter to that, as you point out, you know, the cybersecurity tools are intended to protect a lot more than just my personal data. But I hope that we're moving toward a world where we can do both, right? Um, Lotus, I want to thank you again for joining us today. It's always such a pleasure to have you with us. Before we wrap up, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Oh, thank you so much. And I, I think I would just agree to your last comment, which is, I think we are moving the needle, and, and you guys at RSA have done this work for for years and years, right, when it comes to cybersecurity and, and obviously privacy, with privacy increasingly becoming a part of the agenda at RSA. And so, you know, I think we all have our roles to play when it comes to moving the needle on privacy and cybersecurity and identity management, and I'm excited to have been able to work with RSA and UKC in particular a couple, a handful of times when it comes to spreading awareness on these topics. And so thank you for having me today. If anyone in the privacy tech space, maybe, you know, you might be a founder who's trying to build privacy solutions to privacy problems or an investor who wants to invest in the space in privacy tech startups or a privacy domain expert who wants to advise these companies. Um, we are building a community for privacy tech key players like you. And so come, come chat with us at the Rise of Privacy Tech. If you're interested in how the, the emerging privacy tech landscape is shaping up, uh, please check out our white paper too. It, we worked so hard on, on defining and categorizing and exploring some of the trends that we're seeing in, in this nascent but really exciting space. And Casey, thank you for, thank you for having me today. I'm so grateful. Of course. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. To find products and solutions related to privacy and identity management, we invite you to visit rsaconference.com forward slash marketplace. Here you'll find an entire ecosystem of cybersecurity vendors and service providers who can assist you with your specific needs. Please keep the conversation going on your social channels using the hashtag RSAC and be sure to visit rsaconference.com for new content posted year-round. Thank you all and be well.